The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Today's sermon is pre-recorded. Precious treasures of the heart. Oh, Lord. You have placed precious treasures 
in our hearts. Would you unfold those for us? In the name of Jesus. Amen. I've always wanted to go on a treasure hunt. A real treasure hunt. I used to dream about going to Cherry Creek, Nevada. My uncle was was in Cherry Creek, Nevada. My aunt was the postmistress. He was retired. He was a geology professor from the University of Nevada. They retired there in Cherry Creek. And just to do something, she took on being postmistress, little tiny post office. And every day he would load up his four-wheeler and he'd head out prospecting for gold. Every day he would come back happy but empty-handed. Sometimes with some bags of ore. And he would go to the assayer's office. And he'd have his ore evaluated. But he would always tell them, no, this wasn't it. And they'd come back with their report and say, nope, that wasn't it. Well, one day he came home. And he was excited. He said to my aunt. Wait till you see what I have found. I struck the mother load. She said, let me see. And he opened the bags. And it had veins of raw gold through quartz. She said, honey, can I see it? He said, no, I've got to take it over to the assayer's office. He was so excited that night when he went to sleep. And he had a heart attack and died. And he had not told my aunt where he had found the gold. He had left no directions. It was gone. Many men have gone and tried to find my uncle's gold. Never found it. The gold he found was enough to bury him. That was a comfort to my aunt. But he was gone. Treasure hunting can be like that. You finally find what you most want and it kills you. What are your treasures? What is it that you're searching for? Some of you are dying just searching for it. Haven't found the gold yet, but it's already killed you. What's your treasure? 
What's your gold? What are you looking for? This is what Jesus said. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 19 and through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. That word treasures simply means deposits. Simply do not store up for yourselves deposits on earth where moth and rust destroy. The word is really not rust. Some translate it canker worm. It means anything that eats up what you treasure. Where thieves break in and steal, but but store up for yourselves treasures or deposits in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your deposit is, there your heart will be also. You know, I've preached on this passage of Scripture many times. It's well marked in my Bible with many different passages of Scripture. And I came before the Lord and began to ask him, Lord, is this supposed to be a sermon on money? He said, no. I said, okay, Lord, would you open it for me so that I could understand it at a different level than simply money? He said to me, Do not store up for yourselves memories on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves memories in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your memories are, there your heart will be also. How many times I said to myself, I want to give my kids some memories. Yes. Yes, Pastor. And then I gave them the memories of the world. Yes. I didn't deposit in them the memories of heaven. So that now as they have grown older and they have children. They're saying, I want to do the same thing dad did. I want to give my children memories. Not memories of heaven. Memories of vacations. Memories of experiences. Memories of possessing things. Don't my kids deserve the very best? And aren't I the one responsible for providing that for them? What memories, what experiences are you seeking after that you feel you or your children will not be complete unless you attain to those memories, those experiences? What is it you think you have to have or what you think you have to be in order to be comfortable in your own skin? You have to have that boyfriend. You have to have that girlfriend. You have to have that car. Do you have to have that house? Do you have to have that vacation? Do you have to have those clothes? What is it in your mind that you say, I have to have this? Do you have to have financial independence? 
What is it that you think you need to have that you are pouring your life into creating other than something for heaven? Whatever that is, is an illusion. And it will destroy you and it will destroy your family. What memories are you trying to create? How do you want people to remember you? If I have the opportunity, which I hope I won't, to do your funeral, how would you like me to reminisce about your life? What would you like me to remember about you? Would you like me to remember that you were a wonderful provider for your family? That you knew how to conduct business? Would you like me to remember you as a cat with nine lives? You always had one hidden away. Or would you like me to remember you as a wonderful, gregarious, outgoing person who seemed to always be willing to do something? How do you want me to remember you if I have to do your funeral? I can tell you tonight beyond question how I want you to remember me. And if you all gather perchance at the hand of the Lord to be at my funeral, I want Diana and I want my sister to sing. I want Kevin and Sultana to sing. Let's just make it all music. But if Brother David steps up to preach the sermon, you know what I want him to say? Pastor Ray only wanted Jesus. That's all he wanted. He wanted Jesus. He wanted the memory of the anointing presence of the Holy Spirit. That's all he wanted. Because in truth, that is all I want. I want Jesus. Can you say that tonight? With integrity in your heart, do you join me in saying, what I want is Jesus that I've laid down everything else. This is the question we're asking the children. Now, please understand, I'm not picking on the children and the young people. But the Lord promised us that revival would come when the kids got right with Jesus. Not when the adults got right with Jesus. So I'm watching not you, I'm watching the kids. Because I'm watching as you either help them toward heaven or you subvert them by drawing their attention to the things of darkness and memories of the world. You see, what stands between your children and God is you. Now, do you subvert them 
Or do you encourage them to put a deposit of their life in the hands of Jesus? Do you help them on the road or do you hinder them on the road of holiness? Are you pleasing to them? Are you pampering of them? Are you permissive with them? Are you cutting them slack? Are you drawing in tight the ways of the living God of heaven? Do they observe your life as being only for Jesus? Or do they see you come to this house and say, I'll follow Jesus, and then you go out of this house and follow Baal? One young person said, I'm waiting to see what mom's going to do. What do you think your kids are waiting on? And what are you waiting on? What memories are precious to you? The memories most precious to me are a dear brother who says, I'm through with that stuff. It's over. I'm through with it. Angry that he spent so much time wasting it on the Redskins. Wasting it on pursuit of money. Wasting it as his life ebbs away. I'm through with it. Oh, I rejoiced in the anger in his voice and in his heart as he said, I'm done with it. I rejoice when a young person says, I've decided I follow Jesus. Oh, my heart dances with joy. My heart is broken when I see mom and dad subverting that little one with things of the world. Or when I see adults in our fellowship subverting the little ones with the love of the world by word and deed and example. You are responsible for every child's life in this fellowship. Each of us is. They're not just mom and dad's kids. They're our kids. We're all responsible for these young people. They're simply a mere reflection of us. Where'd they learn their rebellion? Where'd they learn their anger? Oh, yes, they had a heart that was bent that way from early on. But they learned quickly it was acceptable. Do not store up for yourselves deposits on earth. To understand, there isn't anything on this earth that can satisfy our soul. The hunger of a man's soul 
can only be satisfied with the love of Jesus Christ. That's the eternal reality. We were created to be one with the living God of heaven. He created us by design with a whole that can only be filled by his presence and his power and his love. If we try to fill that with deposits of worldliness, it turns our stomach bitter and sour. If we try to fill that hole in our heart with hard work and production, we deny him his right to be our provider. Have you thumbed your nose in the face of God? And said, I will go my way. And yes, God, later I'll check you out. Where is your heart tonight? Are you willing to serve Jesus wholeheartedly, without reserve? Are you willing to give up the chase? Now, let's be honest. It's the chase we love. We love the chase more than we love the end. Because in the end, we all know it turns to ashes in our mouth. But it's the chase we love. Now, I love to go hunting. Now, I don't hunt with a rifle anymore. The day may come when I'll do it again if we're hungry. Now I love to hunt with a camera. I love to hunt with a pair of binoculars. But I have to tell you, the fun is the chase. To be able to track a deer down, have him run, chase him down, or in the fresh fallen snow, chase a rabbit. Find where he's hidden under a bunch of brush. Shake the brush and have him run. And then track him to his next hideout. It's the chase that's the fun. Well, some of you at work enjoy the chase. You're not there to serve. You're there to play the game of work. Make some money. Play the games. Prove how smart you are. Prove how clever you can be. How you can outwit the boss. We've got to really look at this issue of deposits. Deposits are things that we have collected. When you go to the bank and you make a deposit, have you ever made a deposit when you had no money to deposit? You go to the bank and get an envelope and write zero, zero, zero on the deposit slip, stick it together, take it to the window and put it in the bank and watch the lady's face as she opens it and it says zero, zero, zero. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't either. Okay. 
you don't go to the bank and make a deposit when you don't have anything to deposit. You don't make deposits in your heart without anything to deposit either. And what are you depositing? You're depositing what you've been collecting all day. So what have you been collecting all day? Some bad feelings? Some bitterness? Some anger? Some memories? You're going to deposit what you've been collecting. And the Lord is saying, would you please deposit everything you've been collecting in the bank of heaven? That which is unclean will be washed by the blood. That which is holy will be deposited in your account. What kind of account do you have in heaven tonight? The only thing you keep for eternity is what you've deposited in the bank of heaven. Now, I don't know if that means that someone who gives a lot of money is going to have a bigger house in heaven than the one who didn't give very much. I would guess that's not true. But I suspect that there is something to what kind of sacrifice did you do for Jesus Christ on this earth? What did you give away of your time and your money and your energy, of your heart? What did you give away? What, what did you collect and then give to him? Now, that which we've collected of uncleanness, the blood will cover and wash away. It's important that we come before the Lord and deposit with him everything we've collected. The bitterness, the anger, the hardness of heart, the rebellion. We deposit everything with Jesus because we know the blood will wash it and cleanse us. The righteous acts, fasting, praying, giving of alms, those will be deposited too. There is a record of your transaction with heaven, not just seven years back, but all of your life. It's all there on deposit. It's on record So what is on record tonight about your heart? What is it you have deposited in the bank of heaven tonight? Or have you been making your deposits in other places? Have you been making your deposit in places in this world where it can be stolen away from you? Where thieves can come and steal those wonderful memories where thieves can come and steal away your strength and your energy, where thieves can come and leave you penniless. This morning I received a call from my wife. Ray, I'm in a strange situation. Could you please drive down to the 
railroad station. I said, sure, honey. What's happening? Well, she'd come over to the Grace Lutheran Church office to take care of some things for the National Prayer Chapel. And as she was here, an elderly woman struggled out of her car and made her way into the church office with a walker. She was trying to find the auto train and didn't know how to find it and didn't know where it was, but had a ticket. She had a daughter in Stafford. She had a son in Florida and another daughter in Florida. Jan said to her, you can't drive. I'm going to call my husband. I'll drive your car to the auto train. We can't let you drive. She said, please. Basically, it took Jan all morning to work with this dear old woman. She could stretch, just barely stretch to see over the steering wheel. She could barely walk. As soon as Jan got her there, they put her in a wheelchair and Jan made arrangements for her car to be loaded. The security people stepped in. They got her a sandwich and something to drink. She'd left her home, the home of her her daughter, at 7.30 that morning from Stafford, and she got to the Grace Lutheran Church at 9.30. She'd been lost all that time. She'd not told her daughter and her son-in-law that she was leaving. She just got up and struggled and got her car and drove away without saying goodbye. Been there for four or five months. Well, she said, I have a son in Florida. Jan said, could I have his phone number? Yes. So she called. Jimmy. Jimmy, your mom's on the way. What? Your mom will be there at 930 tomorrow morning. What? Yeah, your mom's coming. Can you pick her up at the auto train? Well, yes, but what happened? And Jan went through the whole story. Short time later, we get a call from the family here where she was staying. And they say, Mom is that way. She just goes where she wants to go. One daughter stole her house. So basically, she's homeless now. And she just drifts around wherever she wants to go. And God somehow looks out for her. You get the picture? That's what I think a lot of us look like to God. Pushing our little walker around. Crippled. Just going wherever we want to go, not saying goodbye. 
Not saying hello, just showing up. Okay, I show up, God. I'm here, God. Do what I want or I'll blow out of here and I'll go somewhere else. And behind a wake of hurt feelings, broken relationships. Well, we're going down the highway with every reason to be killed. God's highway. This woman is filled with memories. She lives in her memories. First thing she had to tell my wife was about how nine years ago her husband died while she was in heart surgery. And she never got to go to his funeral. Never got to go to his wake. Grieving for her husband nine years after he passed. Because she never got to say goodbye. The memory haunts her. And tonight it makes me want to ask you. Do you have some memories that are haunting you? Memories of the past that you've not made peace with and you have not deposited yet in the bank of heaven that still rise quickly to your lips if you were to have a willing ear to listen. What are you going to do with your memories? Are they always going to destroy your heart, steal your peace, create pain in your heart? How long are the memories going to control your behavior? See, many of the deposits that we make seem to be made directly to our hearts. It does not say here that we should store up for ourselves deposits in our heart. It says store up for yourselves deposits in heaven. Our hearts weren't meant to store up memories. Our hearts were meant to be filled with the glory and the power of Jesus. With every day a living, vibrant experience in his presence. With all of our memories deposited into his kind and loving hands. So that there is no bitterness and there is no anger. It's all been deposited in Jesus. You see, these deposited memories that we've placed in our heart cause poison to run through our veins, cause us to walk in self-condemnation, cause us to walk in bitterness and anger, cause us to walk in rebellion, discouragement and despair, hopelessness, grave disappointment. You know, there was a time when I had great hopes and great expectations for what I would accomplish for God. For what I would accomplish for my mom and dad. So that my girls would be proud of me. There was a time when I had many people in my life that I planned to make proud of me. 
And I made all those deposits to my heart, and it almost killed me. Tonight, those deposits have all been transferred to heaven. I'm not carrying those deposits any longer. They weighed me down. They were heavy weights on my back. Those deposits have been transferred to the bank of heaven where they have been washed by the blood of Jesus. Those deposits have been made and they're taken care of and they've been sorted through and the ones that had no value have been sent into the deepest part of the sea where they'll never be seen again. So I don't have to walk in the pain and anguish of the deposits of my heart. Because my heart is filled with Jesus. Do I still remember things? Of course I remember things. I'll remember the rest of my life. My mother. My mother's body in that bed. In the nursing home. Raw. Waiting for the undertaker to come. I'll always remember that in my mind. Her mouth sagged open, so they tied a towel up under her chin and over her head. That's how I saw her when I came into the nursing home room. She wasn't lying down peacefully. She was sitting up in the bed, dead, with a towel tied around her to keep her chin up so that when her body stiffened, it would stay up. Or my... Dear wife's father, who was also a dad to me, as they brought him and they put him in the gurney bag, I watched as they zipped it up for the last time. They rolled him out of the house. Or Sultana's mom, sitting in that funeral home with mom laid out and all of us sitting there, Oh, I have memories. I remember things. But none of that's deposited in my heart. I've given that to Jesus. It doesn't hurt me anymore. Because I've given it to Jesus. And he took the sting out of that Horrible, horrible facing of death. He took the sting out because I deposited it with Jesus. You have memories tonight you need to deposit with Jesus? Do you have things in your heart that are causing you immense pain? Can I just cut it real straight? I see a number of you with this strangely divided heart. I'll see you come into the church and I'll say, are you serving Jesus? Yes. But I know when you say yes, there's a reserve on the yes. Yes, I'm serving Jesus, but. Yes, I'm serving Jesus. Yes, I'm going through, but it's time for that double-mindedness to be dealt with and to be 
confessed, to be repented of, to be let go of, to be deposited in the bank of heaven. Some of you have been told by the Spirit of God to do certain things, and you have yet to do them. And when I ask, some of you have made the mistake of saying to me, the Lord told me to. And so now I keep coming back and saying, have you done it yet? Oh, no, pastor, I haven't. Well, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Isn't it time? Isn't it time to finally deal down to the very bottom of the soul and make that deposit in Jesus and stop treasuring up these things in our hearts instead of in heaven? Jesus said that a good man brings good things out of his heart. Treasures, it's the same word. He brings forth treasures from his heart. Brings forth good deposits sent by the Holy Ghost. There is a direct line between your heart and heaven. And those blessings from God can flow very quickly down into our hearts to meet whatever the need is that we have presented before us. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where's your heart tonight? Is your heart with your job? Is your heart with your hopes and dreams? Is your heart with your goals? Is your heart with how bad you are? How rebellious you are? Where's your heart? Have you deposited your heart with Jesus? It's time, Lord. It's time. You said you would pour out your Holy Spirit... I ask tonight that you would pour out your deposit, the Holy Spirit, into hearts with room to receive. Because everything in our hearts has been deposited with you. Lord, tonight would you finally bring to an end this double-minded Wicked love of the world. Would you wash us and purify us? I am dependent upon you, Lord Jesus. I am dependent on your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and break this independence. 
Yes, Lord. This wicked love of independence. And let us be true servants of the Most High God. I pray in your holy name. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress, brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel. Write to us at the National Prayer Chapel, P.O. Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195, or visit us online at nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. We love you.
Flirting with sin